0: This life that we're experiencing is the only one any of us know, right? It's like we live this every single day. And all the dynamics of this life are real, but the Bible teaches not like in like kind of maybe, but in chapter and verse reality that this life that we're living right now is not the only life. And actually what the Bible teaches is that the best is yet to come.
1: Thinking about the future can leave you feeling unsettled, especially in these turbulent times. And not knowing what to expect can cause you to operate out of fear, shackling you to a small life. But today, Pastor Daniel shares that it doesn't have to be that way. The Bible actually has a lot to say about what's going to happen. And these are truths you can count on. Keeping your focus on heavenly things will help you live more fully right now. Well, Let's join Pastor Daniel in Isaiah chapter 65 as he begins his message, Our Forever home.
0: One of the things that makes life so challenging, if we're really thinking about what are the things that cause anxiety, cause that internal kind of conflict, and that is often the fear of not knowing what the future holds, how something is going to work out. For most of us, when we start to make decisions, we have these kind of pro and con charts about this and this. But the problem is is we don't really know what's going to happen. We got a chance to celebrate the marriage of some of our friends. And it was such a beautiful wedding. And as they were reading their vows that they wrote to each other, the thing that grabbed hold of my heart was in both his vows and her vows. I mean, we know that God loves bringing a man and a woman together and they make this covenant and they stand before God and before their loved ones and they make these commitments. But when they wrote their vows, they were saying, we don't know what the future holds, but at least we'll be there together. Like it grabbed my heart. I'm like, that's so beautiful. Because I think, isn't that what we lose over time sometimes when your marriage goes on for a while? Like you made this covenant that it's going to be me and you and it's like for richer or for poor, for good or for bad. But then you get into it and when it's poorer and bad. You kind of forget, like, we said we were going to do this together, you know, and there's something so beautiful about that, but really, as they're making this covenant, they're standing there before God, but you don't know what the future is going to hold. You don't know what's going to happen next, or five years down the road, or 15 years down the road, You know, I had the same, similar thing go on just in the last couple weeks. I have a close friend of mine, a guy I love so much, and him and his bride have been married for a while, and he brought up, you know, maybe it's time for us to start having kids. And he's like, so, you know, what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, let me tell you what I think about that. (laughs) You know, I got three of them, so I'm like, whatever you do, don't have kids. That's what I told him. (laughs) Straight up. And I'm like, listen, right now it's all sweet, but when you have kids, you're going to be changing diapers, you guys are going to be exhausted. Yeah, you think you're going to have a date? Not, you know. And so I went through this whole thing. And, like, I'm messing with them. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh, man, you better go enjoy it right now. You know, because, like, I'm a, I'm a veteran in this. And I, I've been there. And so, you know, and I love my kids. I mean, I got three of them. I think they're just so awesome. But it changes everything, Right. It's not easy. So sure enough, me and this friend, we're on FaceTime, right? Because I have a home study that I work at sometimes because I love so much our Crossroads staff. And we're family here. So, you know, when you're family, then no one gets alone time, right? And so for our staff, everybody's always talking. So I'll work from home sometimes. So I'm FaceTiming my buddy, and we're just working out something. We're talking about something. And then all of a sudden, my three-year-old Annabelle comes rolling in. Now, oh, you guys already started joking. Those of you been here, you know it's an Annabelle story, right? So Annabelle walks on in, and Annabelle is... Sucking on a, a dumb dumb lollipop. You know the dumb dumb lollipops? So if you've ever had a dumb dumb lollipop, you realize that the dumb dumb lollipop, whatever the color of the lollipop is, your whole mouth becomes that color. And so Annabelle's eating the blue lollipop, so by the time she walks over him, she's got like a blue face. You know, it's just like George the Animal Steel. You guys remember WWF back in the eighties? You know, so her mouth is blue. So Annabelle comes, you know, because she's my daughter, so she comes climbing up on my lap, and it's FaceTime. Now, the beauty of FaceTime, of course, is that when a little kid sees themselves on video, they don't actually realize there's somebody else there. They just see themselves. So Annabelle walks up. She looks at the screen. She sees herself, and she goes like this. And I wish I had a screenshot of my friend who I was just talking about, like, you know, about kids, because he gets this horrified look on his face. He's like... He doesn't realize that she's not, she doesn't even know he's there. She just sees her. And so she's having a blast. She's like. Ah, ah, ah. And my friends are all, like, all these phases of, like, horrified, right? And then Annabelle gets up, and she gives me a kiss, and she left me, like, a whole big thing of blue on my face, you know? And she let me kiss, and she goes away, and I look at him, I'm like, that's what having kids is like, <laughs> you know? And he's like, maybe we shouldn't. And I'm like, it's up to you, you know? But it was just such a beautiful moment because it's like, you know what? It's like when you get married, you're like, we're gonna have some babies and it's gonna be so great. We're gonna be like the Partridge family. The kids are gonna sleep eight hours every night. They're never gonna cry. They're gonna be born potty trained. You have all these great ideas and none of it's true, right? And it's, it's a whole different thing. But again, because of the fear of what's gonna happen in the future, some people are like, well, I don't know how it's gonna work. I'm just not gonna do that. So one of the things that causes so much Internal struggle for each one of us is the unknowns of the future. And for many of us, it kind of handcuffs our lives because you want to know how it's all going to play out. And you want to know every detail, but certain things unfold over time. But here's the thing. Not everything about the future is unknown. There's actually a lot of things that the Bible explains to us that we absolutely know Things that are unequivocal, things that no matter what goes on in your life, these things will happen. And I want to explore that today. And I've called this message our forever home because today I want to talk about heaven. I want to talk about life everlasting. I want to talk about eternal life. And the reason I want to do that is because this life that we're experiencing is the only one any of us know, right? It's like we live this every single day. And all the dynamics of this life are real. But the Bible teaches, not like in like kind of maybe, but in chapter and verse reality, that this life that we're living right now is not the only life. And actually what the Bible teaches is that the best is yet to come. And if we don't, amen. But if we don't grab hold of that reality now, What happens is, is all of what this life is has a tendency to grind us up, steal our joy, to make us bitter, frustrated, discontented, angry. And if you look at our world today, that's what we're seeing everywhere. Not only outside the church, inside the church. There's so much internal angst that is making its way out and it's destroying our culture. But I believe God wants to bless us as the Crossroads family, as the greater body of Christ, with the ability to realize that he wants us to have a heavenly mindset in this generation, in this broken world. But the only way to do it is to let God bring us into that. And so I've been really excited about teaching this text in our series that we're calling Echoes, these Timeless truths for challenging times. So open up in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 65. We're going to be taking verses 17 to 25. So Isaiah 65, 17 to 25. Start flipping through. You'll find Isaiah. It's after the book of Psalms in that major prophet section, that large section at the end of the Old Testament. It's about halfway through your Bible if you're looking. If you find Psalms, turn to your right. Of course, if you have a smart device, You know how that thing works. It's smarter than you. So you just type in Isaiah 65 and you'll find it. Isaiah 65. Picking up in verse 17, it says this. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Now, really what this teaches us, quite simply, is that for each one of us, there is a beautiful future that is coming. There's a beautiful future. And I think it's important to realize, because it says, behold, I... Create a new heavens and a new earth. So the idea is, is that God is doing something in the future that we get to look forward to. That you have, if you're in Christ, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, we're going to be exploring that today as well, how this all relates together, but you have a beautiful future that awaits you. So when I say something like that the best is yet to come, that's just not like a cute phrase, that's just stone-cold reality. Because God is creating a new heaven and a new earth. Now, of course... If you know that phrase, I create a new heavens and new earth, it reminds us of the most controversial verse in the Bible, the very first verse, Genesis 1-1, when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I say it's controversial because how many of you know somebody who doesn't believe that God created the heavens and the earth? Everybody. So that's what I love about the Bible. That's what I love about the Lord. Because the Lord's like, oh, you want controversy? Here's my first line, boom. And right away, everyone's like, what? You know, it's like God just like, he put the gloves on and the bell wings, he'll pop, just pops you right in the face, like Rocky Balboa or something. You know, it's like right there, that in the beginning, God created the heavens. Now you have, behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth. And what he says about what we're existing in right now in verse 17 is really powerful. And the former shall not be remembered or come to pass or come to mind. Think about that. So what it's saying is that the reality that you and I are living right now, when God brings in this beautiful future, this new heaven and a new earth, the old one will not be remembered at all, nor will it even come to your mind. So what that means is the experience that you and I are having right now in our lives with all that's going on, with all the struggles and the trials and some beautiful moments and a lot of issues that there's going to come a day in this beautiful future that the Bible tells us about that these things are not even going to be remembered anymore. That all of this stuff that right now is absolutely driving everything in our lives it's going to be not even a memory. See, Everything that God created at the beginning will be made new at the end. Now, knowing that these things are temporary, doesn't it change the way we view them now? See, this is why I think this is important. Because what goes on is that like, you ever hear this this little saying that I heard? That if in five years it's not going to matter, then don't spend five minutes worrying about it right now. But how many of us actually practice that? Can I get anyone want to own that one? Yeah, Yeah, I didn't think so. Me neither. You know, because in the moment, this thing gets so big. There's so much going on. There's so many variables and we get ourselves all worked up. But when we start to realize that what's going on right now, there's going to come a day when you're going to have no recollection of it. The memories of it aren't even going to be there anymore. It's not even going to pass through your mind because God is going to recreate everything in its totality in such a way that this won't even be a memory. And that changes then how we view all that's going on today. Now of course, not only is it Genesis one, Right now here Isaiah 65. But in the very last chapter of the book of Revelation. Revelation 21.1 says this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And then there was no more sea. So the idea now is that. What happens in meaning? God creates heavens and the earth, and then all this stuff goes on. Then by the time you get to Isaiah, there's this looking forward to, behold, I'm creating a new heaven and a new earth. And then by the time you get to the book of Revelation, John's like, I saw the new heaven and the new earth. So you're moving from God has done something, there is a fresh promise, and then there is the consummation. Now, as we continue to read here, we learn something about the reality of this new heaven and new earth, which, why I call it a beautiful future. Notice what it says, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create, this is verse 18, Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and I will joy in my people. See, this beautiful future that God is promising for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, that promise is full of a reality of joy. So that's why I call it a beautiful future because joy is a disposition of the heart that is settled in who God is and knows that no matter what's going on right now, this temporary suffering or this light affliction is but for a moment, as Paul says. That this is temporary. That the issues that you're dealing with right now are truly temporary. And because of that, now your heart rests in the reality that God is in the process of remaking things. Now, again, if something is temporary, should we treat it like it's going to be there forever? But isn't that what we do? I mean, I do that all the time. Where it's like I take something that is temporary and I pretend like it's fixed. But then I read a text like what we're reading and I'm like, oh man, God's plan is a place of joy. The people, a joy. Now what's fascinating also here is that not only do you get a new heaven and a new earth, but you get a new city as well. Now, the concept of the city, that starts right in the beginning of your Bible back actually in you know all the way back in Genesis chapter 4 and then ultimately comes to its zenith in the book of Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. See, humanity found really quickly that security and stability will happen when we get together. Of course, the Tower of Babel they were trying to find security and safety without God, right? And so they start to build this tower. But what's amazing is, is God knows that we are hardwired for relationship. That's why we gather in community. And the Bible is actually a tale of two cities. Because Babylon shows up very early as an example of people gathering together without God as the center. And then God saying, well, I'm going to gather together Jerusalem, the city of peace, And I'm going to dwell there. So community can happen in or outside of Christ. But there is this disparaging reality. And by the time you get to the book of Revelation, guess what? You have Babylon and Jerusalem playing together again. It's amazing. It's like from Genesis to Revelation, you have this idea. And John, in his Revelation of Revelation 21, listen to what he says in verses 2 and 3. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem... Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. So in this new heaven and a new earth, there's also a new city, this new Jerusalem that's coming down. Now, it's beautiful because John uses some really powerful imagery here. First, as a bride adorned for her husband. I mean, that's a beautiful reality. I mean, I just saw my sister Cynthia, who I love so much, and I love what God has done in her life. And as she stepped out, I'd never seen Cynthia in a white gown before. Carrying flowers. And it was so beautiful. As Cynthia came on out, Chris, the groom said, Oh, you look beautiful. It was like it was, so, it was like everyone just crying, You're beautiful. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, you know, this is a wedding day. Give them a round of applause. This is such a beautiful thing. In the same way, when that new Jerusalem, when God brings in this new city, everyone's gonna be like, Oh, that's beautiful. Right? Because what's beautiful about this city? Listen to what he says. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Now, do you know what's powerful about this? If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, and I realize not all of you are, and if you're not, first let me say, I'm super stoked that you're here with us. I want you to feel comfortable to explore Jesus here with us no one got their religious affiliation checked on the way in the door, you know, and we do that because everyone's allowed to gather together, and we're all, everyone's in different steps on their faith journey, everyone's in process, and God's doing different things, but for those of you who are followers of Jesus, what's powerful about the new Jerusalem is that you are actually already the new Jerusalem, why? Because the Bible says that the word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. You know what that word dwelt means in the Greek language? tabernacled, that Jesus came and he set up his house with us, Eugene Peterson in his paraphrase of the Bible, the message says, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Such a powerful picture that Jesus kind of moved on into the neighborhood. And if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus has already done that in your life. And because Jesus has already done that in your life, you are already a place where God dwells with people because through your faith, the spirit of God has Jesus dwelling in your heart. And so what's beautiful is that you and I, as the people of God, we are a trailer for the feature presentation of the consummation of all things. Now, how many of you guys know what a movie trailer is? So you ever go to the movie theater and show up like 15 minutes late? Oh, well, you're there on time, but it takes you 15 minutes to get your popcorn and your jujubes, right? But what happens is you show up there, it takes you 15 minutes, you still walk in and you're still 10 minutes early. Why? Because there's all these commercials for coming movies, right? They call those movie trailers. Now, what's fascinating about a trailer is, if you ever sit in a movie theater, now, I'm one of those people who I like to sit a little bit towards the back, you know, and I do that because I'm, a, I'm actually just, I go to the movie, but I'm really a people watcher. So when the trailer goes on, you can always tell if people like a trailer or if they don't like a trailer, right? Because it's like, as the trailer's over, everyone's like, oh yeah, I gotta go see that, you know? Or when the trailer's going on, if they don't like it, they're just kind of like, Right? See, in the same way, the way that you live every single day, you are a trailer for the feature presentation of who Jesus is in the life of a person. But we say amen, but the reality is, is are you the kind of a trailer that's off-putting? I mean, it's funny, so like me and Lynn will go to the movies, you know, we really, we just flee our kids and get a babysitter, and we run to the movies, you know? We do love our little people, though. But, like, if it's, like, a romantic comedy, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Lynn's just stoked. She's like, oh, that's so good, you know? And I always say, I'm like, you want to see that, don't you? She's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be great, you know? And, of course, if it's, like, an espionage action thriller, then I want to see that, you know? But it's so interesting because it's, like, everybody has a response to the trailer, And you got to ask yourself, is the way that you live your life, the way that you carry yourself in this world, do you make people want to go see the feature presentation? Or do you make people say, there ain't no way I'm going to waste my time with that? Because you know what goes on? The biggest issue Jesus has today is us. When was the last time you met somebody who believes in Jesus, and you're just like, oh. Like when people are judgmental, gossips, all the stuff that we can be, even though we love Jesus, it's like people are like, oh, is that really? Like, is that what Jesus does to somebody? How many of you ever been put off by somebody who's a follower of Jesus? Yeah, a lot of us. And if you don't raise your hand, you hang around us long enough, we will do it at some point. That's why we believe in Jesus in the first place. But it's like, it doesn't justify it. But the idea is, is we want to make sure that we make Jesus, we tell the reality of Jesus in our lives in such a way that people are saying, I don't know about all that, but that's pretty amazing. And I'm so grateful for all the amazing examples of witness, great trailers of Jesus in my own life. So many people who, just who they are, they're, humble, steadfast faithfulness, their generosity, their grace that they're experiencing, they're passing along, how much that reminds me of how awesome it is to be a follower of Jesus. When I see someone who's walked with Jesus for a length of time, and they go through hardships in the way they abide in the midst of hardships, it reminds me so powerfully of what God Can do in someone's life, and I'll be honest with you. As the Crossroads family, my prayer is that all of us are amazing trailers.
1: Jesus is real. How you live matters. The words you say, how you treat people, and how you respond in situations are all important, and not just because it matters to the Lord, which it does but also because people are watching you. Life is a trailer of what's to come, of what it's like to walk with the Lord. Pastor Daniel closed out today's message asking you what kind of trailer you want your life to be. Hopefully, it's one that draws watchers into the hope and future that God has for them. Hey, everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of
0: you You're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with Him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400. S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch
1: with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will dive into how this passage describes our eternal home. You'll see that things will be just as God intended them from the beginning. There will be no death or suffering. He explains that not only will there be a new heaven and earth, but there will also be an amazing new city called the New Jerusalem, where all of God's people will live. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Echoes. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.